Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. We got a lot of questions from listeners about the topic of what we'll call financial literacy. And that can mean a lot of different things. And we will have an expert on to talk in depth about financial literacy amongst tweens and teens and and young adults. But today's Now What is really about the building blocks of how in our own homes we can help to lay the foundation for kids about money, understanding the value of things around setting boundaries and expectations with kids about allowance and what they spend and how do they handle money appropriately, respectfully, because I don't know if any of you are like me, but sometimes I look at my children and I think, oh my God, like you don't understand any of this. And like, you just think that it's normal to go buy a $20 salad or to want, you know, these super expensive sneakers or to stain something Or one of my kids once asked me if he was supposed to tip the person in the store who helped him find a pair of sweatpants, which I thought was actually a very sweet and lovely question of my child's financial illiteracy. And it's very easy to get frustrated with kids about 
their lack of understanding and their lack of knowledge. But then ultimately, at the end of the day, it actually starts with us and it's our job to teach them. So if they're maddeningly ignorant about things, there's only one person we can blame and that's ourselves. So, well, and and I'm going to jump in and say there's also a whole other bucket of kids. That's the bucket of kids who maybe don't have a ton of knowledge, but they use their lack of knowledge in the opposite direction and they become sort of financially, they become miserly. I don't know how to describe it. Like I might know a kid who chooses not to go out with his friends for dinner because he doesn't want to spend the money, which I really appreciate, but there isn't any sort of budgeting logic behind it. It's just sort of, it's an hoarding or none. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, it's an on off switch. And, and then what ends up happening is there's a little social isolation because instead of communicating like, Hey, can we change the places that we go to fit the budget that I've thought through? Because there's no budget that they've thought through. It's just sort of a hey, I'm I'm not going to come with you guys today. And then it's okay. Then we're all going without you. So there's a, there are so many layers. Kids can overspend, kids can underspend, kids can feel overwhelmed by the concept of spending in general. Kids can save, kids can not know how to save. Some kids are working and employed and getting paid cash and they have questions about their tax liability. Then there are kids who get paid you know, through payroll, they have a job and they get paid through payroll and they have questions about their taxes. They're like, wait a second, what are all these taxes? So there's this enormous world of understanding financial literacy that impacts our kids in every different direction. And what we're not going to do in this episode is break down how to make your child financially literate because that's not what we do for a living. But what we are going to do for the next few minutes is walk through how to help begin the conversations around financial literacy so that your kids are then sort of armed with the ability to ask the right questions and make good choices. And then we promise we're going to bring someone in who has some knowledge. So I want to start with allowance because that's usually the first place that we engage with our kids over money. And everybody starts their kids' allowance at different ages, they start at a different amount, they increase it in differing ways, they handle the frequency of it differently. I mean, there's a million different ways. So I'm just gonna say quickly how we did it in our house and why. Cara, you may have a different approach to this, but when my kids were in grade school, they got an allowance of a dollar a week. And the expectation on that allowance was that they would do the expected chores around the house, like make their own beds, help load and unload the dishwasher, you know, take care of their certain private personal items in their rooms, you know, fundamental stuff. And they had to ask for the allowance. I was not just going to automatically give them the allowance, but they had to ask. And if they didn't ask, they didn't get. And part of what I was trying to teach my kids was the skill that... How to ask you for money. Well, not how to ask me, but how to ask in the world. And I will tell you, it's very interesting because my daughter has a weekend job now where she helps out at a place that does birthday parties. And she initiated, you know, she got on the schedule and she was heading to work the shift. And I said, how much are they paying you? And she said, oh, I don't know. I didn't ask. And 
I said, okay, well, you should find out anytime you take a job, you should ask what you're being paid and what the circumstances of the pay are. And she said, okay. And then I picked her up and she was like, oh, I got a really nice tip. And I said, that's great. But did you ask the place who's employing you what the situation is with your pay? And she said, oh, no, I haven't done that. And so there's a discomfort for some people around asking for money. And I wanted to normalize that. Clearly, I did a really crappy job. You did a great job, Vanessa. (laughs) It all worked out really well. No, I'm just laughing because they seem to be extraordinarily comfortable asking us for money. I I think it's really important, you know, not to gender it, but I think there are tons of data that females are less inclined to ask about pay or once employed for pay raises than males. And so I I think that's an important layer in there. We did it differently in my house. We started allowance in, well, we intended to start in middle school. I don't remember what happened. It just didn't really happen. And then we started my daughter in ninth grade, but then COVID came very shortly thereafter. And so we had this whole plan of a slowly escalating allowance and it was supposed to cover, you know, she was supposed to learn certain bits and pieces of spending and responsibility. You know, it was money to go out with her friends for snacks and an occasional dinner. Or if she went to the movies, well, once COVID came, there were no more movies. There was no more going out dinner. And then it was like, we stopped the allowance during COVID and then my kids kind of rebelled. Anyways, we did a slow escalation through high school with lots of stops and starts. And then off to college, have done a different allowance setup where there's a larger amount being given. It is it. It is, you know, you you want to go out with your friends? This is the money from which you draw. Do you want to buy clothes? This is the money from which you draw. You want to go visit a friend and buy a train ticket? This is the money from which you draw. And it is intentionally, if she's listening now, she'll know my secret. Mm-hmm. It is intentionally not enough to be super comfortable. It is intentionally, it's enough to go out to dinner every once in a while and to buy a little bit of clothing, but then it's going to be painful to buy a train ticket, for instance. Like the idea wasn't, and this was our approach and it could be totally wrong, but the idea was exactly what you're saying. If you need more, engage in the conversation with us, ask us for it, talk to us about it, or go get a job. And both of my kids have been employed and understand what it is to work and continue to be employed. And that's how they subsidize what we give them. So it's not, there's no perfection here. I wish I had started younger. I wish I actually started as young as you did in your house. And the benefit to being the oldest or second oldest of several children for my sons is that whenever they need money, they then babysit for their siblings. And there was an ongoing negotiation about babysitting pay. And I think that's actually a good place to go next, which is there are ways for kids to earn money to work towards a goal, right? If they want to save up to buy something, if they want to have more to spend than we are willing to give them. But the temptation as adults is to say, oh, well then just go babysit. Except for our kids who were locked down for a couple of years, they might need some help in figuring out how one does that. How does one reach out to families in the neighborhood? How does one reach out back to families that maybe you had worked for before? Maybe you were a camp counselor somewhere. I think sometimes we think it's obvious, but we forget that there's a couple of years 
black hole in their lives and they need help navigating that. And babysitting is a particularly tricky one. Uh, My daughter taught sewing, which falls into this general bucket as well, because you're setting your rate. Often, you know, it's very unusual for the family who's hiring the babysitter to say, we pay X number of dollars an hour. They will much more often say, how much do you charge? Which is a whole different skill set for kids to learn. And so when you do send your kids out for those types of jobs, you should really prepare them for that question. And they may ask you for some suggestions. They may know the minimum wage laws in your state. I think it's actually really important to understand what the minimum wage laws are in your state and to have them understand why those laws are in place, who they're meant to protect, how it might impact what they do or don't ask for. If they're 12 and babysitting a seven-year-old, I think it's appropriate to say to them, you know, you're under minimum wage. They don't need to be paid as a full adult. But I think there is a point at which as they get older and older, understanding that the expectation is that they will always respect the law and always value other people so that other people can, I mean, minimum wage is not a living wage in this country. It is just not. And so having that conversation and shining a light on that, I think is very important. If you listen to enough of our episodes, you'll hear us preach the importance of air, particularly down there. Airing out body parts reduces sweatiness, stinkiness, and skin irritation. And it feels amazing to air it all out after a long day in tight, sweaty clothes. Which is why we created the Oom Short. Super soft, lightweight, with wide legs and a low crotch. All help air flow. Designed for all genders in all sizes, literally down to kids extra small and up to men's extra large. Everyone who wears them tells us they've never been so comfy. Get your shorts at myoomla.com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors Ready to Eat Meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. 
Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. The next thing that's important in financial literacy is where do they put their money? Right. Okay. So I have a huge beef with this. Because it's definitely not in their wallets. Oh, and, and it's not in their bank account. So my kids have had two types of jobs, each of them. One type of job where they get a payroll paycheck. I love those types of jobs because it forces them to either go to a bank or really to download their banking app on their phone and upload their check. But that check must go into an account. Because the other type of job my kids have had, like I said, my daughter taught sewing. My son ran a car washing business for a while. These are cash pay businesses. So there were bills just strewn around their bedroom or they were getting Venmo payment and they had a Venmo account with all this cash in it that was just sitting in Venmo. And so 
how they get paid, like physically how they get paid and where that money goes is just like sex. It's many conversations (laughs) and it involves things like, have you set up a bank account, right? Does that child have a bank account? Most major banks in this country have what's called teen checking, where under the umbrella of your account, a child under the age of 18 can have an account that is paired with your account. They don't have access to your account, but you have access to their account and you have full visibility on their account. And that's a really great way to start because then they can get a debit card, which I think is actually important from a safety standpoint, sometimes to have access to be able to know if I need to pull money out, you know, and I'm making money, I can pull my money out. A lot of them have Apple Pay on their phone or some sort of payment app. And, you know, you can talk about that as a family, but like, so where does the money go? Where does it go in? And then how do I know how much I have in there on a monthly basis? And how do I follow how much I'm taking out, which involves actually looking at bank statements, another very significant set of conversations. How do you review the ins and outs? How do you budget? You know, all of us have had a moment, actually, maybe not all of us. I have certainly, and my kids have certainly had moments where they go to pay for something and it's like, oh, I don't have the amount of money in my bank account that I thought I did. I can flash back to my teenage years and remember that feeling and that feeling was awful. And my kids have both had that feeling and you may want to avoid it and you definitely want to use it as a teachable moment. Yeah. So each of these steps, a lot of them require adult involvement. So going to the bank to set up the, you know, high school checking or teen checking or college checking, you have to go with them. There's a variety of forms of ID that you need to bring with you. You set it all up. You teach them how to handle a password. You teach them how to access the website to check their balance. A very important thing is to teach them how to replace a lost debit card, which seems to happen about every 14 seconds in my house. So there's a variety of little stepping stones. It's under the pile of shoes. I mean, it's under under the pile of shoes next to the pile of cleats and beside the pile of newspapers that Roger never recycles. So... It's lots of little steps that we take for granted. And I think that's the most important message about this whole process is that it's easy to get impatient with kids for not taking care of stuff or not doing stuff, but actually they need some baby stepping along with this process. So there's also a credit card called the green light, which is without having to set up a debit card, you can sort of put money onto it and they can charge against that. It's like a prepaid phone. You know, it's the prepaid credit card. Yeah. And the thing I like about Apple Pay is it's with my kids who have Apple Pay on their phone, my younger kid, it's connected to my credit card. So I get alerts every time they charge stuff on their phone. So I can get a sense of like what they're spending. I mean, they don't spend very much money at all, but they do spend a bit. Which you have to be careful about because in order to have that system work well, One has to have a preemptive conversation so that you're not playing defense. You're not going, I'm calling you right now because this charge is coming through. It's a known entity that those charges are coming through on your phone and they're visible to you. And so the kids are more likely to run it by you and say, hey, mom, I'm buying this or can I do this? That's right. And that gets at the last point I want to make is we cannot assume our kids know what appropriate budgets are, what they should be spending if they've never been out in the world spending money on their own. And so... 
every time we say to them, okay, hey, why don't you go grab lunch? You can say something like, I expect it to cost about $11 or hey, why don't you run in and we got to get your cleats right now. I'll wait in the car. You run in. Your budget is $65, right? So we have to help give them parameters. Many of them have no idea. We do this with gifts also, like your birthday gift. Here's your budget or your sneaker budget or your whatever. Like They really don't have any sense. So before we jump all over them for being ungrateful, thoughtless kids, we need to give them some parameters around spending. It can be complicated. So kids, especially in diverse communities or diverse school populations, when kids come from all sorts of different economic backgrounds, there also needs to be some sensitivity, right? For the kids who don't have the means to keep up, that's one set of conversations with their parents. For the kids who have means, who are around kids who don't, that's a different set of conversations. But teaching that economic sensitivity in all directions, it's actually a really important piece of this whole bigger conversation. And so we have the setup of money, money that they get, whether it's allowance or earned in some ways. Then we have, where do you put the money? And then conversation, we haven't even talked about conversations about spend versus save, right? A lot of parents will start when kids are very young, this concept of dividing the pie of money into three, actually. There's spend, there's save, and there's charitable contribution. And starting to strengthen the muscle of teaching kids that all three buckets are very, very important as you get older. And so how do you do that? And then as kids get older, there's also in the save adjacent bucket, there's this idea of investing. And in my own home, one thing that we've started to have a lot of conversations about is the idea of compounding interest and what that means and how if you begin to put away a very small amount of money every single month and you just get it out of your wallet and into an account with compounding interest, how it will grow over time and how to be able to follow that growth. That is the very beginning of thinking about not just saving like I'm stuffing it under my mattress and not spending it, but I'm saving and growing my money, which for the teenagers, uh, certainly for the kids who are off to college, it's a really important concept. So don't poo-poo them when they ask you questions. Also keep in mind that they're consuming media where people their age are making millions of dollars off of seemingly just living their lives. So having straightforward conversations with them about influencers and YouTube stars and people like that who they think, well, I should also be making millions of dollars by sitting and playing video games all day or sitting around my house. So just being clear with them about how realistic that is, is also an important thing. We will take this conversation further. But if you haven't yet had a conversation with your kid ahead of a time where they may be receiving a lot of money around the holidays, Holidays. gifts, have a conversation with them. And the conversation doesn't sound like, here's what you should do with the money you got for the holidays. The conversation sounds like, hey, you're about to get some money for the holidays. I'm wondering what you're going to do with it. Do you have any plans? Are you saving up for anything? Do you want my help? 
planning how you're going to spend the money, you know, helping them build the skill of making strategic decisions about their money rather than dictating or judging how they spend their money. And I would add another offer of why don't we download an online banking program where you can follow the amount of money that you have in your account and look at what you're spending and what you're saving so that you can begin to understand because we all know the spend adds up and it's an easier lesson to learn when you're young and the volume of the spend is a little bit less. And that way they can follow and they can sort of make slightly different choices along the way if they do have the big thing they want to spend on. Or they can say what my son said to me the other day when I looked at his bank statement with him and I said, geez, there are a lot of little spends here that are adding up Chipotle, Chipotle, Chipotle. (laughs) And he looked at me and said, I worked all summer long. I saved a lot of money. And for me, it's really fun and delicious to go to Chipotle with my friends. And I said, okay, so long as you see what's going out and you're aware of it, I can't argue with it because it's money that you earn. So I do think, you know, do I want him to save for his own car, house, fill in the blank? Yes, yes, I do. But is he there yet right now? No. And, you know, post COVID of it all, is it kind of a wonderful thing? that he wants to step outside and just go hang out with his friends and have a meal and enjoy it and feel self-sufficient. Yeah, that's pretty great too. So to be continued, Cara. Always, Vanessa. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at The Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com